Welcome back to Lake Effect on Hunter's Bay Radio, 88.7 FM. And uh, the Olympics are on. Are you watching? Are you cheering on Team Canada? I have my uh, Team Canada sweater on this morning. Canada doing so far so good. This is this is great, uh, having the, uh, the games on, watching that, and uh, cheering on all our athletes. And it brings us to our next topic, uh, celebrating our hometown sports heroes. With me in studio for our second segment is Judy Humphreys. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Um, hometown sports heroes. You're going to be talking about this. I'm going to be talking about those people that were part of our history over a number of years, and some people maybe not know anything about them at all. They're people who went on from the uh, beginnings that they had in Gravenhurst and became sports figures of another level. So perhaps on the national scene, on the international scene as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you mean, I mean, what makes a sports hero? Well, I have to admit, that was a catchy phrase I wanted yeah. to use. But in actual fact, for people who do consider sports to be an important part of someone's life, um, or of the life of a community, I think that you could term them heroes. They're people who started out in a very, very small town, and in some cases at a very early date, when a lot of sports weren't all that accessible to people. And they went on to do more than simply star on the home ice or star in the home lake swimming or whatever it happened to be. They, they were courageous, I think. They went ahead and decided that they were going to try to do more than just that local thing. And so they went on to the big city of Toronto and got some coaching, which they couldn't get here. And they went on to do great things. Now, um, strategically, uh, I was just talking about the Olympics. Did you time this with the the Olympic Games, or has this just happened to fall fall together? Oh, I timed it. I timed it actually with with the uh, 40th anniversary of Gravenhurst Archives, if you want to know the truth, because I decided that rather than just talking about our mandate, um, generally speaking, which is collecting, preserving, and sharing our history, I thought maybe we'd be more proactive this year on our 40th anniversary. We began in 1978 in January with Cyril and Marion Fry at the helm. And now I'm at the helm and I thought, well, why not go out and reach out to the community and tell them some things about a few people, places, events that they maybe hadn't heard of before. And so that's what we intended to do. And I thought, why not tie sports heroes into the Olympics and into our anniversary all in one? Now, where would our sports heroes have the advantage? I mean, we have uh, we have great winter weather up here. Although, you know, we have very nice summer weather, although it doesn't as last as long as <laughs> some of us would hope. But um, would, would we have uh, had a lot of uh, winter athletes, uh, skaters, uh, skiers, that type of um, sport? Well, I think people are going to be surprised a little bit at who some of our athletes turned out to be, because although they may be expecting that it's going to be nothing but hockey, and we would talk about Chris King or Stephanie Boyd or Graham Murray, of course, our Olympic hero, in actual fact, I'm not going to be talking about those newer heroes quite as much as I am about the ones who started out back at the turn of the century. And uh, I think they benefited from the fact that we're a land of lakes, so you might might expect to hear something about a swimmer mm-hmm. or a rower. Yep. Um, you might expect to hear something as well about somebody who took advantage of all those wonderful back roads. Gravenhurst is a nice flat area and you could actually learn to run pretty well here. And we have some um, heroes went to the Olympics, uh, went to the British Empire Games, who were runners, who were speed walkers, and these are people who actually garnered medals at the British Empire Games, which were the runner up to and the qualifying games for the Olympics.
Olympics uh, back in the early days of the 20s and 30s. So you'd be surprised that maybe they're not all going to turn out to be ice bunnies. They're going to turn out to be people who took advantage of all the things that we offer here. All right. You've got me interested now. I'm, I'm peaked here. Can you give us some of the names? Tell us about some of those individuals. I don't want to give too much away, but I will certainly tell you a couple of names. There's a name that might be familiar to people who do know a little bit about our history, um, a fellow named Bert Gibson. Now, Bert Gibson was the son of John S. Gibson, who owned a store on the main street. He owned a grocery store on the main street. And once his father had exposed him to swimming in Gull Lake, um, discovered that perhaps this, this young man had more of an ability at swimming than they had first suspected. He didn't start to swim in any real way until he was nine, so that's a little bit late now, but in those days that would have been just about on par. And so I think his father decided that maybe there was something to this thing, moved him and his family down to Toronto, gave up the, the grocery store and the whole thing, moved to Toronto and gave Bert the chance to get some good coaching and Bert went on to take advantage of that good coaching and uh, yeah he became uh, a holder of the Canadian national title in freestyle swimming in wow. 50 yards 100 yards and uh, went to the uh, British Empire Games I mean uh, this young man knew how to take advantage. Would it have been as lucrative as it could be these days I mean some of the the athletes they can go on to have quite a bit of fame they can uh, successful financially. Um, how would it have been back then? Not in the least lucrative. Not in the least. And in fact, I wonder sometimes whether some of the people who were great athletes from our town must have struggled a little to fund the kind of travel that they had to do, the kind of, of accommodations they'd have had to have when they were at a distance. Uh, some of them went overseas to co compete in Olympics. And boy, oh boy, I think that would have been a costly thing. Uh, costly in, time, in terms of uh, uh, your passage across the ocean, your accommodations while you're there, but also giving up your job that you're trying to do because none of these young men were able to simply uh, live as athletes. They all had work that they had to do and the athleticism was on the side. So in actual fact, I think that we're talking about young men who didn't profit financially at all from this. I hate to say no young women in the early part of my talk. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's um, a lot more women... Maybe even more so women in, in the games these days uh, than, than there was perhaps back then. I think so. And I think that women, if you think about the defined roles that women had at the turn of the century, uh, they tended not to see themselves as athletes, let alone have um, families see them as somebody. It was, getting people to actually fund them to get an education was tricky. I mean, some daddies would have said, well, dear, you're my daughter. You don't need an education. You're just going to get married. But certainly would never have funded a daughter to go somewhere and become an athlete. That was pretty rare and certainly totally rare in Gravenhurst. So sports heroes, you didn't know we had. This is the first of uh, many chats that uh, you're bringing to the Gravenhurst Public Library. This will start February 27th, 7 o'clock. And uh, you had to do your homework, I suppose, to, to, to dig up all this information because these are sports heroes we didn't maybe know we had. So we have our 
in-town archivist who's uh, done her work. How did you find uh, um, your information and what, what sort of research did you do? Well, Gravenhurst Archives is a wonder, wonderful place. 40 years of collecting our history. That means we've got newspapers going back almost to the turn of the century. We have also got um, about 65,000 images of documents and photographs on a database, which is totally searchable. Um, and that's searchable on the, on the computers in the library. But sometimes you just have to rummage and get lucky. And so you're reading through a story about one particular person and you pick up a little line in there somewhere that says, and of course, Bert Gibson. And before you know it, you've discovered there's an athlete you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the uh, the Gravenhurst Sports Hall of Fame, the Lions Sports Hall of Fame? Is there any tie-in um, with some of your research or uh, some of the memorabilia perhaps you looked at? Um, I went down there and took photographs of all of the cases. It's a wonderful display of, of, of some wonderful uh, people in our past. And I am going to be talking about one of the people that's uh, that's displayed there. Because as I said, most of my talk is going to center a little bit earlier than the people who are mainly in that um, uh, case. But in actual fact, I am going to be partnering with the uh, Lions Club and the Sports Hall of Fame to provide information to them about some of the other people they might want to feature. And from what I understand, uh, you're, you're doing your chat but you're also inviting people in from the community to share maybe some of their stories some of their information with you Every time I do a talk, I end up with someone who comes forward and says, well, you know the fellow you just mentioned, he's my great uncle, or he was my grandfather's whatever, you know, and before I know it, I've learned all kinds of things from them that I didn't know myself, and I love that. I mean, there's nothing better than to come away from a talk where people have asked all kinds of questions, contributed all kinds of things, and then we've all come away knowing more than we did. (laughs) That's great. We're with Judy Humphreys, an archivist here in the town of Gravenhurst, hometown Sports Heroes is uh, coming up February 27th. Before we get uh, move on and, and talk about some of your other chats, um, I, I suppose you're watching the Olympics. Do you have a favorite game that you're uh, you're watching closely? I'm watching the Olympics um, like a vulture. I'm in there like a hawk. First thing in the morning, I turn on the Olympics. Last thing at night, I turn them off. And during the day, I just turn on periodically to see how things are going. I particularly follow the women's hockey team. I think that that's a very exciting group of women to to follow. I don't mind following the curling as well. I think that that's an interesting sport and we're good at it. But oh, some of those luge runs and some of those uh, uh, ski jumping runs are just incredible. And I love the thrill, although I would never have tried it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a coward. (laughs) So we do have some more talks. Uh, After the 27th, you've got a whole uh, slew of chats coming up at the Gravenhurst Library again uh, celebrating your 40th anniversary the Gravenhurst archives let's uh, let's talk about uh, some of the other ones that are coming up we're, we're going to be trying to um, open the eyes and ears and, and minds and hearts of a few people with stories about, for example, um, the prisoner of war camp. And we're doing that in the summertime, hoping that perhaps some of the people who come here to Cottage might be interested in coming out and finding out that we had a prisoner of war camp with uh, roughly 400 very high-ranking Nazi officers in tow, and that those men um, were here in our community, those Nazi officers, for six years. 
They were here from 1940 to 1946 before they actually left, and uh, it made quite an impact on our community, and I think people need to know a little more about that, unless they, of course, have already read the book by Cecil Porter, which is a wonderful introduction. Mm-hmm. The other thing we're going to talk about, or another thing, is Gravenhurst High School and the fact that their Tatler yearbook um, is now 100 years old this year. Um, they've been producing Tatlers at Gravenhurst High School since 1917, 18. 18 was the first year that it was published. And so we're going to talk about Gravenhurst High School Tatlers that tell all. I'm hoping to intrigue a few people. By and you were telling me before we went on that, that you were a teacher. So I was, you I have some students there. out there that you're expecting to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I'm hoping that there'll be a little fear out there about what are those toddlers going to reveal? Uh, what is she going to pick out about my life? Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to play with that one and have fun, I'm sure. Uh, we're also going to do some talk about uh, some more sober topics like our historic homes. Um, not just the ones on Bay Street that everyone knows are historic homes, but in fact there are so many others in our town that are really worthy of note. And I think it's going to be fun because I'm hoping a lot of people will interject with, and what about my house, and then go on from there. We're going to learn a lot. Uh, Swede Town. I live in Swede Town right now. Swede Town is, uh, I always have actually since I've come to Gravenhurst, uh, Swede Town is Phillip Street uh, going to the east from uh, Bethune Drive. Uh, two blocks that were largely settler, settler, settled by Scandinavians, people who came from Denmark, Norway, Iceland, and to some extent from Sweden. But I think the citizens sort of gave it the name of Swede Town because to them, all of these people were Swedish in some way, or they spoke a language that sounded like that. So in fact, um, I'm hoping that we can introduce the topic of Scandinavian settlers and show people just how many of them we had. Very exciting. Um, the, the full list, um, because I know you, you, you could go on because you have lots of information. She, she is armed with tons of information about this town and lots of great talks coming up. You can find all this on the Gravenhurst website, gravenhurst.ca or the gravenhurstlibrary.ca.com uh, rather, or go into the library. Um, talk to Julia Reinhardt as well. She will uh, definitely set you up with the information you need. Is it free, Judy? It's absolutely free and we even serve refreshments. Wow, how can, I know. How could can you, you beat that? Could you beat that? Um, and before <laughs> Before you leave us today, um, we are in Sawdust City Studio, which is at Sawdust City Brewery, uh, our Lake Effect Studio with Hunters Bay Radio. And some of our listeners in Bracebridge and uh, Huntsville may not know why the name Sawdust. Where does this come from? Well, if you think back to the 1870s and the time when the trains first began to run to Gravenhurst, and only as far as Gravenhurst, 1875, the trains came here for the first time. And at that point, an industry absolutely awoke. Before that, we had a couple of sawmills and we certainly had loggers galore. But when the train came, it made it possible to ship lumber all over. And as a result, we ended up having as many as 17 sawmills operating at the same time, 14 down on Muskoka Bay, three over on Gull Lake, and of course the amount of sawdust, the amount of noise. They talk about the saws buzzing and whining all summer, spring, fall long. In the winter it would be quiet because the loggers were all out in the bush. But in actual fact we had sawdust galore, piles of lumber, uh, we had so many people involved in uh, in the sawmill industry. 
Judy, we will have to get you back because uh, you, you've got great uh, stories, great information about our town, uh, lots of history. But Hometown Heroes, that is the first of one and many talks coming up at the Gravenhurst Public Library. Uh, check gravenhurst.ca for more information. Judy, thanks for joining us on Lake Effect. Nice to be here. And that about wraps up our show this morning. Thanks to Amy Taylor for dropping by. Winter Carnival on all weekend. And Judy Humphreys, I'll be back with you next time on Hunter's Bay Radio. Keep it locked. 88.7 FM. Have a great weekend.